0: Just let go a little bit, right, and understand that you are a creative human being. Remember what you did as a kid. Remember how fun it was to see the world as it can be, not as it is, and immediately go and apply that to problems in your business. You're listening to Eric Rogel Talks with Warriors, Lovers, Kings, and Heroes, where you'll hear real stories of the journey to modern manhood, told by the men who lived them. Raw, real, and 100% unapologetic. And now, here is your host, Eric Rogel.
1: All right, hey everyone, I'm Eric Rogel, and this is Warriors, Lovers, Kings, and Heroes, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network. And that was my guest for today, Nir Bashan, talking about how to tap into your creativity to overcome challenges in your business and in your life. Now, I really love this because most of the time on the show, our guests talk about tapping into their warrior to smash through their challenges and obstacles. But today, Nir is going to talk about how to step into the lover archetype as well to get the job done because creativity comes from that side of us. And is gonna uh, deliver some really powerful tips and strategies for you today. So let me give you a little background on Nir. He is a world-renowned creativity expert, which I did not know was a thing until I met him. So for over two decades, Nir has taught thousands of leaders and people around the world how to harness the power of creativity so that they can improve profitability and increase sales in their business and ultimately create more meaning in their work and lives. And he just published a new book titled The Creator Mindset, where he lays out his strategies for doing this. And I I really, I highly recommend that you grab a copy. There's some great stuff in there that he maps out for you. He'll talk a little bit about that today. Um, and um, these are the same strategies that he gives to his big corporate clients, like AT&T, Microsoft. He's worked with the NFL Network, EA Sports, Suzuki, and JetBlue, and that's just a few of them. And before Nier became a thought leader in the area of creativity, he was an actual creative in the entertainment industry. He's been nominated for an Emmy Award, and he worked on a whole bunch of albums and movies with actors and musicians like Rod Stewart, Woody Harrelson, so... Some really great experience there, and so he's speaking from experience. These are not theories, and you know I love that because I only want to hear from real world experience, so let's jump in and hear from Near. So Near, I want to ask you because you, know, you talk about how important creativity is to us, but as men, um, why is creativity, just at the base, just to get a, an overview, why
0: creativity is so important to us? You know, I think, Eric, that we've been limited for so long in our potential to do great things because we have traded our innate creativity for analytics, right? We're in love with numbers. We Mm -hmm. love things that can be quantified. (laughs) And what we've done is we've traded problem-solving skills and amazing ability to see the world as it can be not as it is. And all of a sudden, here we are wondering why we feel so unfulfilled in our lives. And so kind of down.
1: Yeah, so it's almost like we're living from our heads more than our hearts is what you're saying. Totally
0: 100%. And, you know, for me, it's not really about one or the other. It's about the balance. And unless we're paying attention to that balance, we will never be fulfilled.
1: Yeah. And you know what I'm getting from this too is um, it's like, you know, we can use creativity and strategy, right? So, I mean, you're talking about numbers and analytics, but I'm feeling like, yeah, that that only goes so far, but we can use this for strategy in business, for strategy in, in, in life. So tell me about that a little bit.
0: Yeah, no doubt. So what we do is we, you know, we're raised we were all born creative right and then we're raised somewhere along the line and I've studied this all over the world Eric it's not Mm -hmm. just us it's you know it's in Africa it's in you know Southeast Asia it's like a, a symptom of humanity right we come up and something happens in school or something happens in our culture or our society and we stop playing and being creative and imagining things and we start to you know just kind of squash that down and quantify and all of this stuff and what ends up happening is you know you and me we're running successful businesses right now and people listening Um, are, you know, in a pivotal moment of their career, trying to decide whether they want to go left or right. And the problem is is that we're doing that on a half tank of gas, right? So it's almost as if like we're filling up the car in a half tank of gas and we're driving like, oh man, why do we have to fill up again? You know, why can't I get where I want to go? I just want to get where I want to go. I keep stopping and having all these obstacles in front of me. Well, the problem is, is that we're not being creative enough and we're not employing creativity to help us solve problems and it's that same creativity that we grew up with so from a strategy perspective the creativity that is latent within all of us is not being applied in our careers and all of a sudden we're wondering why we can't get ahead so how do we get that out now so we, we've had this innate
1: in us like you're saying and i remember being a kid and playing and you know i had the gi joes and the whole thing and you're setting up all these battle scenarios and whatever's going on and it was it was playful it was creative and we had that and i remember you know that that can get hammered out of you as you get older how do we get back to that how do we tap back into our creativity so we can be successful in business be successful in our
0: relationships get more strategic those kind of things absolutely possible it just takes the will to do it now i wrote a book called the creator mindset and in it is 92 tools and 92 tools on how to become more creative. And every single one of them is 100% free, right, Eric? It's not about buying a piece of gear. It's not about like, oh, I've got to build a department and hire all these people. It's not about that. It's about changing your mentality. And so one of the things that your listeners can do right now, if this sounds good, they're like, yeah, you know, I, I keep trying to get ahead and I'm not getting there. One thing that your listeners can do today is accept that you are creative. And I don't, doesn't matter what you do, right? You can be an accountant, you can be a opera singer. It doesn't matter what it is that you do, but you got to understand that you can be creative. If you make that shift and go, okay, yeah, I understand that I can be creative. It's a thing that you can do right now. And it will help shift your mentality into accepting creativity as it comes up because it's really a voice deep inside you, Eric, that tells you, what it is that you need to do. And we've systematically become so good at churning off that voice. All you have to do right now, you're listening to this podcast, right? You're on the car on the way to work, or you know, you've know got an hour between endless Zoom and, and go-to meeting calls, right? You got a little bit of time, you're listening to this podcast. You're like, near, just help me. What can I do right now? And that is to just let go a little bit, right? and understand that you are a creative human being. Remember what you did as a kid. Remember how fun it was to see the world as it can be, not as it is, and immediately go and apply that to problems in your business.
1: Yeah, I I love that. And you know, you said something right at the beginning when you started talking about, we can all get there. You just have to have the will to do it. So the will is on that warrior side, right? The will is what gets us moving and drives us. So it's like we're using that part, that warrior part to get to the lover part, to get to the heart and tap into our creativity. And then, you know, I guess what you're saying, what I'm taking from what you're saying is it's that belief, that self-belief that we have to have, that we are still creative at heart and we can still tap into that when
0: we need to. Absolutely. Every single thing uh, not every single thing, but most most books and programs out there, Eric, are set to get rich quick in real estate in two weeks and how I made my first million and all of this stuff. And all of it deals with external items and external issues, right? You need to buy real estate. You need to have three pieces of you know um, vacant land and get permits and build upon and all that stuff. My method talks about what you can do inside yourself to build the ground the fertile grounds of creativity and and problem solving and so my method is not about getting rich quick if that's what you're looking for you know that's not me if you're looking you know to make a million dollars in the stock market by next tuesday or whatever it's not me if you're looking to put one foot in front of the other and use actionable tools that'll help you every day to get where you need to go then creativity and my method the creator mindset is something that'll help you get there it's not a get rich fit, fast thing it's not you're not going to become a genius by you know a month time or whatever it is really actionable tools that you can use every day and you start to see the difference as you start to incorporate these tools into your day to day life
1: yeah, and it, and it is so important. You know, I agree with that because of, the, you know, I talk about the warrior and the lover and integrating those to become the king and you know, this is such a part of us that we forget that we have this creativity. And I want to get to a couple of those things that you can do because there's two that I would definitely want to talk about before I get into those. I want to talk about you and how you got here. So, you know, I I know from uh, talking to you before that You were in entertainment, you sold some entertainment properties, but you'd been told no, 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 no over and over and over again. Right. And so I want to get into that because there's a, you know, that goes towards what you're saying about the belief in yourself that you are creative and you can do this. And and going into entertainment, which is a cutthroat business as it is, and being told over and over again, no, what were you able to tap into to keep you going and then ultimately become successful there? You know, it
0: really is a belief that you can do it. And I know it sounds cliche and I know maybe it doesn't sound, you know, very significant, but we have this amazing ability within our own minds. And I talk about it in the book, uh, it's called the self-doubt monster to become toxic in our thoughts. And we can literally poison the well of good ideas by just declaring that it's poisoned and you know, saying, I'm not creative, I can't do this, I can't look at the PL sheet and find a way forward. I can't take revenue and generate it, you know, 2% more profit. I can't, I can't, I can't. And you develop this mentality of, you know, in business in and, and, and in life, too, of insurmountable obstacles. And you need to understand that that is 100% within you. It is not an external thing. You can't blame someone else, even though there's tons of books and tons of programs that'll tell you, oh, you know, it's that their fault or how you were raised or because you were raised poor or, or rich or whatever, you know, it, all out there. And, and it makes you feel good for a little while. Look at me, you know, I was a victim. And, you know, it was horrible. And now this book, you know, or this program pretty much verified that I was a victim. Okay, great. Now what? Right? Now what? And so you're stuck and you you feel maybe a little bit better for a while, but then you get right back into the pattern. The secret is within us. The secret is that your mind is half creative and half analytical. That's it. The brain operates that way. There's a ton of crossover between the two hemispheres, but that's it. That's what you got. And you are literally overdeveloping. Most people in business, not everyone, but most people have overdeveloped that side of the mind that deals with analytics so that when a creative idea bubbles up, you're too afraid to try it, too scared. And the self-doubt monster clamps down. And as soon as it clamps down, you're in deep shit okay because you can't let it go and you start obsessing over it and you start getting like oh no man you know maybe i should have done this and you start to doubt and it's an endless cycle of crap right and so you can break the cycle you just need to say i'm not gonna go there and i talk about some techniques in the book one of them is writing things down when you write things down because everybody has ideas right um You have an idea in the shower, maybe, or you go on a walk and you come up with some great creative thing. But I talk about a technique of how to do that more often, not waiting for lightning to strike, but actually making the lightning strike. But anyway, um, when you write stuff down, you take that self-doubt off of your shoulders and you allow it you know, an objective look at something that, you know, maybe you were obsessed about or whatever. And just the very act of writing something down lessens the stress of having to get it right all the time of having to, you know, get, you know, make sure that it's perfect and all this stuff. And that's something that's built into us. We just need to decide that we want to do it. Yeah. Decision is so important. I talk about that all the time. And another warrior
1: <clears throat> ideal is decision making decisions so is that what was going on with you when they were they were telling you no over and over again was you just decided they're wrong i'm right i
0: am creative this is good shit and it's eventually One, gonna go 100 i i felt that you know i was doing everything in my power to please. They you know, people would say do this, do that. No, you didn't do it right. You didn't do it right. And I would change and tweak and tweak and I got to a point in the film business where I was just like, you know what? I'm going to do what I want to do and what I think is best. And instantly, um, you know, I put out that movie. Instantly, we got Universal to buy it and Things started to go really well when I did what I thought was best and what I creatively knew needed to happen. I stopped listening to what the naysayers were saying, and I started to listen to what I thought would be best. Yeah, now you work with other celebrities
1: now on creativity for them. So tell me a bit about that and what that's like and what you're doing with them, how you're mentoring them. And you've worked with some big names in in the industry you know, people that we would think are highly creative on their own or maybe more creative than we are. Do you find that um, this is just normal for all of us to have this creativity, whether you're working with a celebrity or
0: a CEO? It's normal. 100%. Listen, I, you know, I spent a lot of my childhood in and out of recording studios in Los Angeles, working on huge, huge albums and tiny albums and little punk bands from, you know, the San Fernando Valley, all the way to, you know, Rod Stewart. And what I found is that musicians are not that different than you or I. Yeah. They have a talent. Yeah. They practice or whatever, but when it comes to creativity, it is just no different than what you or I or that CEO has. It really is about coming up with a process it's like anything in life, right? You got to come up with a process, you got to practice it a little bit, and then you got to execute, right? And when you put those three things together, you can come up with ideas whenever it is that you want. You don't have to wait to to shower and, you know, have your alone time for 3 minutes cuz you have kids running around, right? You don't have to go to Bali and, you know, meditate on on this. I mean, if you want to do that and and that's good for you, then go for it, right? But I'm talking about, you know, cold hard practical Shit that you can do, not, you know, all of this, like, uh, you know, theoretical stuff. I'm not, you know, I'm not a professor. I don't sit in classes on Mondays and Thursdays and have office hours and think up all this crazy stuff because I'm, you know, I have a lot of free time. I don't. I have no free time. I'm like, you know, fighting for a half hour here, an hour there. And so it really is about understanding that us in business, people who are constantly working, trying to increase revenue and drag a little bit more profit out and pay staff and trying to make sure healthcare is, you know, and trying to get the lawyers to finish the master services agreement so we could start a statement of work. And, you know, all of that stuff that we do on a day-to-day basis, we need a quick actionable creativity method to come up with a bunch of ideas, a bunch quickly so that we can attack different problems that pop up. And that's, that's the method that I came up with. Yeah. And
1: that's the one that you use when you're working with celebrities and all these things, same thing. Like, so they get stuck creativity, creatively as well. And this helps them move forward
0: is what you're saying. Absolutely. Every single business that I've ever worked with at some point levels out. Right. And nobody knows why. They bring in the big four consultants, right? You know the the big four, and all they do is they're a one hundred percent analytical organization, yeah, I was gonna and say they number crunch.
1: To, they just number crunch.
0: Number crunch, right? Middle management, they look at at efficiencies, and we can squeeze, you know, 03 percent. Listen, I I did a uh, a consultancy for a very big pizza chain in the U.S. Okay, I won't tell you who, but they're huge, and I came in literally after they finished the um, you know, going through with the, uh, big four and the big four managed to get, you know, a pizza recipe down 0.2 seconds or once, I don't know. I can't remember the number. And they were like near, it's amazing. Look, you know, times how many franchises we have, blah, blah, blah. We just made, you know, all this money and stuff like that. I'm like, okay, cool. So why am I here? If you guys are happy. And they're like, well, because that like flattened out, like it, we saw a little." A little bump and then it all it flattened out and i told him it's always going to flatten out because we're not using creativity we're using analytics it's like you know using half of our mind and so we started to talk and i told them guys all right let's get in the room it was the uh um the executive suite and we got into the room and i said okay you know i got up in front of a whiteboard i said concept idea and execution and the concept is the biggest way to look at what you're doing the idea is the medium ground and the execution is your product. I said, what's your best selling product? They're like, near the double crust, double cheesy meat lovers, blah, 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 999. I said, okay, that's your execution. What's your idea? And I looked around the room and they were like, pizza. I was like, guys, uplift, <laughs> uplift. Okay, let's look. I got it. It's the meat right, lovers pizza. double crust. We do crust. pizza. That's what we do. Yeah. Yeah. And they were like, pizza. And I, I said, okay, let's look at a higher order of what we do. And, you know, it was like somebody uh, around the room was like, you know what, we're different than the other guys. I said, okay, tell me how. And, you know, they started and you could tell like the weight was being lifted Mm. off the shoulders because they were able to be free and creative and stuff like that somebody said our founder came over with a recipe in 19, you know, 91 or 81 or 61. I can't remember. And I was like, okay, wow. You know, what about that? And they were like, that is really about comfort. They, the the founder wanted to make everyone comfortable. I'm like, boom, that's your idea. So I wrote comfort foods. And I said, okay, what's your concept? What's the biggest thing that you guys do and they're like well it's comfort food i'm like no there's a bigger thought and we started to grind it out eric and and Mm. and this stuff isn't easy you know it takes time it takes energy it takes effort but the rewards you get out of out of doing these exercises are amazing and so we got finally the concept was sustenance because somebody in the room said one of the executives um i can't remember what their title was but one of the executives was like you know near there are people in the U S who would starve if it wasn't for us. I'm like, tell me more. They're like every day at 6:30, the Smith family and, you know, uh, Philly gets a pizza and that's, you know, or, or wings or whatever. And that's how, I mean, we feed them. They would go hungry if it wasn't for us. I'm like, okay, that's brilliant. So sustenance is your concept. Your idea is, um, comfort food and your execution is, the double crust meat lovers pizza. I'm like, okay, great. They're like, near, this is fantastic. I said, okay, great. Why am I here? And they're like, well, we want to make more money. I'm like, me too, guys. Uh, trust me. <laughs> like we're on the same page. How do you guys want to make more money? They're like, well, you know, we need new products, right? We got, we're a little stale here. We're a little stale there. We've got the same stuff. I said, okay, look up at the idea now what ideas can you guys come up with that are in line with your concept, which is sustenance and your execution, which is, Pizza And they started, dude, it was amazing. Right. Right. We had paper everywhere and pens and people just like writing stuff down. What do you got? What do you got? What do you got? And they came up with a Calzone or or whatnot. And, you know, they actually released it and made really, really good money with it because it was an easy turnaround from a pizza to a Calzone, you know, similar sauces and all that stuff. And it was very easy uh, for them to come up with a new product. They manufactured creativity by sitting there and organizing their thought. That's the same thing that I saw in Hollywood that people did. It's the same thing that I saw with creative geniuses on the on the business side and it's the same thing that I teach people. It's really not that hard. It takes a little bit of time, you know, you got to go through the process, but anytime that they want an idea, they just have to write down their concept, their idea and their execution and they can generate creativity instantly.
1: Yeah, you know what I really like about that too is um, <clears throat> you know, for me, you start to think that you know, people in Hollywood, actors, artists, businesses, like, you know, the one you're talking about, have just this endless creativity that just flows forth from them, right? And that, that, that's what made them special. That's how they got to Hollywood. That's how they created the biggest pizza restaurant in the country. That's how they create these magnificent artworks or music or whatever it is, because they have more than I do and they can tap into it at will. You know, like we talked about, Will, a second ago, but what I'm getting from what you're saying and what I think is um, encouraging, we'll say, is that we all have it. It's just a matter of tapping into that creativity, right? Like you said before, having the will to tap into that creativity and then be able to move forward with it.
0: That's it. Relearning how to be creative. And as adults, we need a structure, right? We need a concept idea and execution. We need a way to do it. We need positivity. I talk a lot about the tool of positivity. Oh my God, Eric, it's amazing, right? I do a lot of work with some very impressive people and their initial reaction to problems is, oh crap, this sucks. And I'm like, how did how did you get so successful with that being your first reaction? And they're like, there, you know, I've been doing this a so long, this sucks, you know, and and oh man, this is gonna be so much work. And down the line, I have to change this, I have to change that, and blah, blah, blah. And I tell them when I work with them, can you imagine what would happen if you just changed your mentality from viewing that problem of want to negativity to one of positivity, what would happen? And they're like, there's nothing positive <laughs> about my situation. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I get it. Like, trust me. Like I'm talking about fighting human will. In in the book I talk about and we researched it. It turns out that 82% of our thoughts daily, daily Eric, are negative. 82% of our thoughts daily are negative, and there's a biological reason for that, right? It kind of kept us alive, right? We were like, oh, should I drink from that water source 60,000 years ago? You know, it had poop in it. No, oh, maybe not. And we developed the skepticism, right, of of life. But here we are. It's 2021, and you know, you could drink tap water and be fine. It's not no longer, you know, a life or death issue. And yet we treat you know, uh, 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 invoicing problem as if it's a life or death issue. We're like, oh, crap, you know, we sent out that invoice and, you know, now it's on a net 60 instead of a net 45. I'm like, okay, cool. You know, that really screws up our cash flow okay, then what are you doing to make it better? And, and oh, you know, I'm going to go talk to the, you know, accountant. I'm going to go ask them for a net for a 45 instead. And I'm like, those are all negative connotations. Let's look at positive things. What can we do that's positive? What can we do to uplift the situation? How do we look at things in a positive way that enable creativity to take hold so that real problem solving can come out?
1: You know, as you're saying that, I'm thinking about one of the... Um the exercises that I wanted to get to before we ended today. And that was um, the little victories, right? Taking these little victories. So kind of talk to us about that a little bit, because this is very similar to something that I do with, with my people. And, and I love this. And, I, and and it goes to, you said, 82% of our thoughts are negative. Um, so tell us about little
0: victories. So there was an ice cream salesman many years ago who wanted to sell a bunch of ice cream machines and you know like milkshake machines or whatnot and he was very analytical he had a analytical sort of thought so the first thing when you think of selling a bunch of shit is the construct of volume right you're like near we're gonna sell a bunch of stuff okay how are you gonna do it i'm gonna get a list or whatever and i'm gonna call a bunch of people and send a bunch of emails and blah 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 it's gonna be a volume game we're gonna like you know go big and you know hopefully we'll get one percent of everyone we go to and it's gonna be great. All analytical, analytical, analytical. What happened with any analytical thing is that it will work for a while, but then at some point sort of level out. And that's exactly what happened to this ice cream salesman guy. He sold a bunch of machines and then stopped, right? Um, And he wondered why he was stopping. And so he noticed that there was a a restaurant in Southern California that kept ordering machines over and over again. And he had a creative thought. Instead of going, you know what? Oh, let's sell them more machines and try to get even more volume or whatever. He was like, you know what? I'm going to go down there and check it out. 100% creative, 100% creative. Stopping your business and you know getting on a plane and going to visit a client, 100% creative. Most people don't do that. So he went, stood in line 45 minutes. It was wrapped around the block and everything. And he's standing in line and finally gets to the counter and he eats the best cheeseburger he's had in his entire life, right? And the guy's name was Ray Kroc and that restaurant was McDonald. So what I ask your listeners to do is to start to look at their little victories and start to understand that, you know, those things are incredibly important, right? It is a little victory to go to a client and like, you know, have a a really good burger. And sometimes those little victories are way more important than your goal initially. We in business are always focused on that North Star. We're like, we're going to get to our three-year or five-year plan no matter what. But what about all those little seeds that are happening along the way that could be more powerful than that five-year or three-year plan in the first place. That's exactly what Ray Kroc did, and it's exactly what you can do. If you got a business where you deal with vendors and you like working with one particular vendor because they're easy, they're fun, they're, you know, you get quick turnarounds and stuff like that. Maybe that's your little seedling. Maybe that's your little victory. It's impossible for me to tell it's your little victory. It's not my little victory, it's your little victory. And again, if you start writing these things down, take one week one week, Eric, and write down a little victory that happens every day, the high and low, right? Forget the lows, write down the high. What was that little victory? And you'll start to see a connection in those little victories that just might tell you where it is that you need to go. Right. It's leading you down that path. You're actually,
1: it's almost like breadcrumbs. You're, you're showing yourself where your path has led you to the ultimate larger
0: victory over whatever time frame that may be. 100% and this comes from just pure grit Eric like I'm not I'm no sage you know I, I gotta hang up with you get on a conference call with a client prepare material I've got a sales meeting and then I've got to prep a, a, a webinar that I'm doing like a week-long webinar I, I don't have time to sit and like oh, oh yeah this is you know oh these are great techniques these are all like you know, battle tried blood, you know, sort of dripped methods, they're things that I've screwed up so many times, I was always like, Oh, forget the little victory, we're on a three year mission. And I ended up screwing up companies going out of business, having the fire employees, it's the worst thing ever. And what I've learned is what I've put together in my book is, is like these methodologies and, and they come from experience. Yeah. And those are the best ones, right? The the experiential ones are way better than
1: the theories put together. I mean, you've got to live through this stuff in order to really understand it. So I I appreciate that. Absolutely. And so as we're talking about that, one last thing I want to get to on on your exercises, because I love this too, is the the opportunity and adversity, right? Letting go of the quote unquote mistakes, letting go of perfection, those kind of things. And I know for me personally, this was a big one for me because I'll, I'll tend, <clears throat> you know, in, in, growing up, I would tend to hang on to my mistakes as as long as possible. And I'm also, you know, a perfectionist. Everything has to be 100% perfect before it goes out. And I had to really let go of that and because it was holding me back. I wasn't, you know, it was basically just spinning wheels looking for perfection. So how is opportunity and adversity work uh, for you and,
0: and what you explain in the book? So really the, uh, most amazing thing that can happen is mistakes. And when they happen, they're the most horrible things on earth. But what ends up, what ends up happening is if you're able to learn from them and use them as you move forward, it is really a great thing. When I was in Hollywood, I had a, a production company we had staff and literally they were like, Hey, nair we need to do this, this and the other thing. And I was like, Nope. We don't need to do any of that. Let's just stick with our target and we'll be fine. And that worked for a while, but then it sort of crashed. And we ended up going out of business, firing everybody, and it was horrible. All I had to do was listen to what other people were telling me to do and, and, and really you know, incorporate the feedback and the ideas and nurture it. And I didn't. I didn't nurture it. So what it is, is you know, the, the business went out of business and it was painful. But what I learned from that is to start listening to staff. Why did you hire somebody if you're not going to listen to them? I I ask, you know, C-suite people that all the time. They're like, Nir, you know, I hired this person and they're really good. They're out of school. I'm like, okay, what were the last five things that they told you? They're, They're like this, this, and the other thing. How many did you do? Zero. Why? Why did you hire them? Why are they here? I, I and, and and I don't mean that like in a in a negative way. I mean that in a I've done that too way and I've crashed and burned, right? You got to start to delegate, you got to start to trust people, you got to start to, you know, let it go. Perfection is not an obtainable target. And so for me, it's really understanding uh creatively that you know you can start to let go of some of this stuff and not really have to you know, be the one that comes up with the answer all the time, the mistakes that end up happening can be incredible learning lessons for how to become better later. And a lot of times we don't sort of listen to those things. We're like, ah, whatever. It was someone else's fault, external. And I talk a lot about internal and listening to what those mistakes are so that you can learn something moving forward.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I really love that too, because, you know, even on this show, I interview a lot of men and almost exclusively when I ask them the biggest lessons they've learned or what was the greatest thing that ever happened to them in their lives, it is the most horrific mistake or challenge or fuck up or whatever it was that led them to their greatest success. So I think, you know, in, in taking what you're talking about in that opportunity there and thinking creatively about it is all right what happened and what can i do
0: with this lesson this experience moving forward i honestly think that we need to spend more time talking about our mistakes than our our successes. You look at In- Insta or Facebook or any of the social channels and everything looks so damn good on there, right? Oh, look at that, you know, business owner, his life or her life. It's perfect. And, oh, look at this author, you know, they're globe trotting with a book and, you know, all this stuff. Nobody talks about the fact that, you know, books take six years to make six years if if you're good, right? A business book takes six years to make, And it is like, you know, you get rejected just about everywhere. And if you're really lucky, you end up getting, you know, a great publisher like McGraw-Hill, right? And and all of these things come together in really bad ways and, and, you know, kind of negative ways. And if you're able to look at them positively and gain traction, then I think you're in good shape. But we don't spend enough time even talking about what happened to get us there, um, Eric, that, you know, we we just kind of like polish it and look at this person and look at this business and look how great it is. But we need to start talking about those failures more and more so that people can understand that even the greatest business and even the most successful company has gone through hell and back to get where they are now.
1: Yeah. And it's almost taking like, <clears throat> you know, we talked about 82% of our thoughts are negative, but then we talk about little victories. So to me, this is Taking those mistakes and adversity, and not looking at them in a negative light, and letting that churn within us of "oh fuck, you know, I screwed up," and but taking them as a little victory. Yeah, this mistake was a little victory. This actually got me further, right? Yeah, creative in
0: that sense, and and looking at it in that way instead. The ability for the human mind to view a perspective of something that happens is. And, and what you take away from it is one of the most powerful tools we have as people on Earth. And sadly, most of us choose to view things that happen to us in a negative or a victim status. And what ends up happening is we're not able to move forward and to develop as human beings and to become more profitable. I mean, really, at the, at the end of the day the system that we practice here in the west of capitalism uh, free market enterprise is the best system invented ever is it perfect no has it lifted more people around the world out of poverty and into a brighter day yes absolutely and it's the system that we have now and you as a super computer in your own brain have the ability to choose that path and really it's about making that choice it's about the will of choosing positivity of choosing creativity of choosing to balance your mind out with you know analytical and creative thought and solving problems that are out there to try to make you know as much profit as possible on your product or service because at the end of the day that benefits people yeah and you know <clears throat> as as we wrap this up you know there's one thing
1: that's really been coming up for me this whole conversation and you know when you and I first talked and, you know, you, we were introduced and I said, oh, he's, he's uh, you know, talks about creativity. And I thought, you know, I've been a creative most of my career. Started out as a, a, you know, a designer, a graphic designer, an artist, became a writer and had written and all this kind of thing. And there's always been a part of me that's seen it as weak, right? And I think so many of us do that, even as men, you know, we, we, we look at it and we go, oh, if you're a creative, that must be weak, <laughs> what I'm really getting in talking to you, and tell me if you agree with this, and if you've experienced this yourself, but what I'm, I'm hearing from what you're saying is we really need to tap into that warrior side to get to that creative, and they work hand in hand almost. It's like a back and forth or a synergy between that beast warrior side and our creative side to really make things happen.
0: No doubt. And there's nothing weak about being creative, nothing there is power in understanding you know you, how to use your mind our our brains don't come with a owner's manual it it comes with you know experience and seeing how things go and you know hopefully learning from them and making better choices as we as we mature and we experience things listen i'm reading david hume right now right and hume published in the early 1700s and he talked about how you know the will to decide what it is that we want to do is sometimes more powerful than the influences that come upon us. And experience is one of the most important things that we have as business owners, as men, as, you know, uh, entrepreneurs and stuff like that. And so, you know, drawing upon that experience and tapping into creativity is not a weak thing. It's in fact, a very powerful thing. Yeah, I agree 100%. So as
1: we go near, tell us, you know, for those that are listening, what is the one final lesson that you would leave us with the one big um, piece of advice or something, you know, that you would give to uh, anyone out there looking to be
0: more creative or, you know, more powerful in their creativity? I would say that the world becomes very interesting when you view it as it can be not as it is and when you view things with creativity you take limits off and you add potential and adding potential in anything that you do whatever business or product or service you are in adding potential to the equation is one of the most powerful things that you can do today
1: great advice there from near as we wrap this up um you know, I really love what Near says there, and he and he said it a couple times. He talks about not seeing the world as it is, but seeing it for what it can be—to see the potential in things. And he's right, because that really takes all the limits off, and it adds a tremendous amount of potential. And it really does show the power of creativity. And to me, it shows that when we have the ability to tap fully into both our warrior and into our lover sides, those results can be endless. So love that. All right, guys, that's all for this episode. I want to thank Nir Bashan for joining us today, for being real and honest, and for sharing the power of creativity. And I want to thank you for listening to Eric Rogel talks with warriors, lovers, kings, and heroes today. Now part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. I'm Eric Rogel, and I'm honored to be with you, to be your brother by your side on your hero's journey. All right, I'll talk to you next time.